Welcome to the Your Next Level podcast. I'm your host, Insof Daniels. Join me every Monday for a new episode where we talk career, manifestation, money, relationships, and so much more. Join us as we show you how to get from where you're at to your next level. You can expect a new episode every single Monday. Welcome to Your Next Level with Insof Daniels. Umi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to discuss today's topic. But first, if you'll just share a bit about yourself and your background and how you got into public speaking. Uh, hi, Insaf. Uh, thank you so much for having, having me as a guest to your uh, podcast. And uh, my name is Umi. I live in uh, Montreal. And uh, I, to tell you a little bit about myself, I work in the financial services industry. I've been part of this industry for uh, more than six years. I work in wealth management. And besides working full-time, I'm also a, a blogger, a self-published uh, author, a YouTuber, and also a speaker. And uh, I, uh, I am part of the Toastmaster Club as a president of the club. And in this organization, we basically meet on a weekly basis to uh, practice our public speaking skills. And I'm a big promoter of women's empowerment. I advocate for women's empowerment. And I'm also involved in many uh, organizations uh, where we basically dedicate our time to uh, support these causes. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. And that's exactly why I thought that you were so perfect to come onto the podcast. So recently, I saw so many people, especially on LinkedIn, they were posting that they were doing public speaking courses. And I, I found it so fascinating. And I know that I've seen a post that indicated that uh, people fear public speaking more than anything. So the fact that you are part of the president of, of Toastmasters, and then also your your love and support to empower women. I think that is just so amazing. So how did you get started in public speaking? Uh, basically, um, so it started many years ago, like I'm talking about 2015. And initially I was, uh, I joined Toastmaster Club because it was, uh, I needed it for extracurricular activities. This was when I was still in university. And then I also remember thinking, okay, I'm not good at presentation skills, especially because I come from a uh, business background. We, I did a bachelor degree in, uh, in finance and we always had to do a lot of presentation. And I remember not being good at it. I be, remember being uh, scared and nervous and so forth. So I joined Toastmasters. Uh, however, what happened is I only committed on, uh, only committed for eight months and then I graduated. So I actually stopped with Toastmasters. Um, after starting to work a couple of years later in 2019, I was like, I want to go back to Toastmasters and I want to see if I can actually enhance my public speaking skills, develop a little bit further with it. And I also wanted to do something for myself, something relating more about self-development. Hmm. And so I went back to Toastmasters. I joined in 2019. I remember being a disaster the first few times. It's like you said, it's a it's a common fear that is very much shared among a lot of people. And um, but you know what? I went a couple of times. I remember not being comfortable. I remember being super nervous. They always would put me on spot. They would make me talk in front of everyone. But I'm glad that I actually stick with this because I feel like it did help me to to grow further and to actually use public speaking in other places as well. Like when I do podcasts, when I create content for my YouTube channel, it has helped me a lot with interviews that I do for, for work. Uh, and so it has helped me a lot. And I think um, 
I think it's also a skill that every woman needs because in Toastmaster, not only you learn about public speaking, but you also get to learn other skills such as communication skills, organization skills, a lot of leadership skills, time management. And uh, so I really, really enjoy it. And my end goal of like my main reason for joining Toastmaster was because I want to do a TED Talk eventually. And if you want to do a TED Talk, you need to know how to give a speech in front of a big audience. So that has been like my main motivation to join uh, Toastmasters. So that makes makes so much sense because it's you have to have your why. Why are you doing it? And your why is because you're going to do a TED Talk. So you by that time, you would need to be an excellent speaker and manage the time that you speak as well. Because uh, typically, like people that feel confident getting on the stage, or, or this is what I thought, people that feel confident getting on the stage and speaking, it is people that that love it, that love being the center of attention. Um, you know what, I think, um, I don't know, I don't know if I can say that for myself. And I think, uh, when it comes to public speaking, for some, I think they're natural speakers. I think they just love being the center of attention and you, you can see they have that confidence to speak in front of the audience. And I think for other people, it's more about getting comfortable with them, comfortable, um, I think. For them, it's more of like an extra work. It's more like uh, something that they set for themselves. Okay, this is my objective. And this is what I want to do and see if I can conquer this fear, if I can like achieve this this objective. So these people might not be confident as much, but I think they develop the confidence to be a confident speaker because I think it takes a lot of work. And I think it also takes a lot of self-belief that you can do it. So it, it really mm-hmm. depends, I would say. I think it, it really depends, yeah. So can you tell us like about your first experience when you started going to the Toastmaster workshops? Uh, yes. So basically, um, they're not really workshops. They're called meetings. So meetings, basically what okay. ha- meetings, yeah, because usually what happens is these meetings are very much organized. They ha- There's a group of like executive teams. So I'm part of the executive team as the president where basically they organize an agenda. So in this agenda, you have like a set of roles. You have the speaker, you have the table topic uh, speaker, you have the general evaluator, you have the thought of the day. So each uh, like each role has a person assigned to it to give a speech. Okay. And some speech are like longer, some, some are like less longer. And what happened is you go to this meeting and then we start off with like the chairperson who basically introduces the meeting. So everything is very structured and organized. You know what you're saying, you know, when you're getting up there, you know, what time you're getting up there. So this is why we follow the agenda and all these things are sent to you prior to the meeting. So it's not, it's not that you're like, like juggling around to figure out how to run this meeting uh so what happened is you have a chairperson who introduces the meeting who basically welcomes the guest and then we have then he goes over the agenda to see if we have every person to give the speech and then we start off with like each role so you have a role called the grammarian who basically is like the police of the meeting who basically is just making sure that you are using proper English and introducing a new word. And so the goal of the grammar is that uh, they are supposed to be introducing a new word and you have to repeat this word as, as much as possible. So in this way, you're improving your English. And then you have the prepared speech where basically uh, there is a person who will be delivering a speech based on whatever they have chosen. And again, the speeches are chosen for the path, from the pathways. Basically, once you become a member of the Toastmaster Club, there is a pathway, which is basically a 
program where you have a set of uh, projects or speeches that you have to give and they tell you how for how long to speak what's the objective of it so you are you already know how to prepare for it and then we have uh, the table topic session and this is which is uh, this is a part that everyone literally hates because you have to do impromptu speeches so you are not prepared for the speech they just call you upon they ask you a question and you have to come up with a two-minute speech and then you have uh, the evaluation portion where basically you have um a designated person of the day who will evaluate everyone that has uh, spoken. So in this way, uh, you get to learn from the feedback. So this is how like we learn and grow is that we get evaluation, we get feedback at each meeting, and then we implement the feedback that we got in the next meetings, basically. Okay, so if it, if it was my first session attending uh, your meeting, so I would be given the agenda before the time and I would have to prepare already. No, if you're coming as a guest, basically when you come as a guest, what happens is you will be, be receiving an agenda, but your name won't be there because you're there as a guest. Okay. And then what happens is when you come as a guest, of course, you're just there as a guest. Uh, usually you'll be asked to present yourself. So you right there, you're already like doing a sort of like a mini speech where you you have to say why you're there, who you are and so forth. And it's just okay. 30 seconds, not more than that. When you will have your opportunity to speak, it will be during the table topic session. So if we have the table topic session, the impromptu speeches, this is where basically we have a person who has a series of question and then they will ask uh, from the crowd, uh, like if anyone is willing to volunteer to give us a mini speech. And that's usually two minutes. So you'll be called upon if you want to, because you're just a guest. Yeah. And then you will be giving a two minute speech and then you will be instantly evaluated by someone. So they will tell you like what, what were your strengths, your weaknesses the points of improvements and so forth okay wow so the way that you are sharing it it doesn't sound very scary because not until first, you are. <laughs> <first> we... not in... <laughs> go ahead it sounds like um or maybe i hope i hope that this is how it is but the way you are sharing it is that yes it is it might be intimidating for you to have to have prepared something and now share in front of in front of everyone but it's like everyone's on that same journey with you yeah 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 everyone is on the same journey with you basically yeah. yes and the and the beauty of the Toastmasters is that you have people from different backgrounds you have people from different experience so you have people that are like more experienced members and they are there to help you to support you to mentor you to encouraging you and then you have people that are like less experienced but you know what even the less experienced are like are there to learn so it's like it's a very safe environment for everyone because it's a non-judgmental place it's an it's a place open to to everyone and um yeah and everyone is on the same journey because everyone is there for the same goal they just want to be a better speaker they just want to be a better leader they want to be able to use this uh in to be able to apply this skill in their mm. in their daily daily life and it's an opportunity also to network because you get to meet people that are basically different from the circle of people that you hang out with on a daily basis yeah and is it online or in person or both it's both now it's both um because so prior to pandemic every every club used to meet in person I don't I do not know anyone who used to meet online because public speaking you have to do it in person but then during the pandemic we all went virtual and then post-pandemic uh, now people are meeting virtually some went back to like meeting in person there yeah. some have hybrid options but my um 
so the beauty of the fact that some of them are virtual is that you can join any club virtually like for instance i live in canada i attended some meetings from like clubs that were like, located basically in the states because the, the time worked for me um and then there are also like in-person meetings which i think are the best because that's the only way you you gonna you will practice and those ones of course you have to go to the club nearest to where you live and yes, yeah. the beauty of those masters that every country has a club every city has a club yeah, I, I looked into it previously, but yeah, when you when you don't have someone telling you what it's about and how it works, then it, it can just be, look so scary and intimidating. So um, in your opinion, what are some of the fears that hold people back from public speaking or delivering their message? So I would say probably the biggest fear is the fear of failure. Uh, the fear of embarrassment, the fear of uh, being judged. I, I would say those are the main three reasons why people are so scared. Uh, I think the fact that, you know, you, you're you going there speaking in front of an audience and you're worried that you will do a mistake and eventually like humiliating yourself. I think the ma main reasons why people like hold themselves back from uh, doing public speaking. And I can say that I was also, that's also my biggest fear too. Um, but I would also say that, Yes, it's normal that you feel like that because you're speaking in front of people that you do not know. People are literally staring at you, expecting you to say something. And so that's where you are. You're, you're nervous. Your hands are like sweaty and stuff like that. Um, but I would say like the fear of like making a mistake and humiliating yourself is probably the main reason why people like do not go for, for public speaking. People are not comfortable with that. Yeah. And what are some of the things that you have had to whether it was like mindset shifts or affirmations that you have to tell yourself what do you do to either I don't know if those fears can be taken away or just not not have those fears be as huge as it is so I don't know if you can ever take the fear away I don't think you can I think you can somehow alleviate the fear or like reduce a little bit the fear, but you have to do a lot of like work in terms of like, yes, self-affirmation, but I was also say the main reason why you joined Toastmaster, like I always go back to my main motivation, which is, okay, when I give a TED talk, I have to suffer to do, to do this TED talk, but definitely there are ways that you can do to like, um, overcome the fear I think preparation is very important when it comes to speaking uh, you have to prepare yourself really well that's probably one of the things that I would say uh, it's very very important having a mentor within Toastmasters is also very important because they can share a little bit of like guidance and their own experience of how they deal with fear and, and they do have a mentorship program within Toastmasters and I think not many people are aware of it so that's very very important and then, of course, there are like exercises that you can do. So there is one that I have found out a couple of years ago, and I actually suggested it, which is called the power pose. And I don't I don't think you can see it here, but you basically stand like that, like Wonder Woman. Yeah. And uh, you do this for, um, I think you have to do this for like a couple of minutes in the morning. And then it's supposed to, like there's some scientific evidence behind this whole power pose where basically if you do this like prior to a, to a speech or an interview, it's supposed to like calm your nerves and makes you a little bit like a bit more relaxed. And so th these are some of the things that you can do. I also went to a workshop where they said that this is something like that you can do before giving a speech, but also like putting your arms like that, <laughs> like before going to a speech is supposed to like help you out and relax you. And of course, breathing exercises like deep, 
deep breathing yeah. that's also very very important yeah yeah th- those are such great tips I also heard about like the power pose as well and if, I think also um I think it was on Tony Robbins I'd said also if you like typically male you'll see them like sit to the back like this and it releases the same hormones or the scientific thing that it mm. does to the body it it's the same when, when you see people yeah. sit like that like that yeah. as well um and so so you said previously that you started Toastmasters and then you did it for eight months and then you stopped what was your reason for stopping at the time it, it was because uh, I graduated and then I was like, oh, I don't need this extracurriculum activity. <laughs> and so that's why I was like, I stopped it. But then I was like, after a couple of years, I would say after probably four years, I was like, no, I think I want to go back to it. Because I feel like once you start working, you forget about like the things that you used to do when you were a student. You forget that, you know, it's always important to learn. And that's why I decided to go back. Yeah. And how long would you say that it took you to develop the confidence just to either you are in a meeting and you can you feel that the way you're presenting is much better or you're less nervous you less shaky how long would you say it took you to get to that point probably like you know before I gave my first speech because basically what happened is I joined in 2019 and then I remember that I joined in 2019 and I would just give mini speech. I would give very, very short speech, like a minute or two. And an actual speech is usually five to seven minutes, seven minutes long. And I remember it took me eight months to be comfortable to give my first speech. And every time I would like postpone, I was like, no, I don't think I'm ready. I would always find an excuse. And so it took me literally eight months. And I'm telling you, after you give the first speech, that's when you're like, okay, I feel like I'm, I've come conquer something it gives a little bit of confidence I feel like and so I remember I gave my first speech after eight months and after that I was like you know what I think I want to give a second one and when the second one came I was still very nervous but I think after the second speech I felt a little bit better so it took me it was more like a gradual and for me to like go over the hurdle I always had to do longer speeches because that's where I feel like you start to you know uh be able to deal with the nervousness but it it took me literally eight months and uh eight months and then I would say after a year I became a a bit more comfortable in my in my role because what happened is back then they asked me if I wanted to be the VP of education wow the executive role and that's I feel like because they pushed me to do this role I think it just gave me a little bit more confidence because now I had to like organize the meetings I had to come up with the agenda I had to come with the team and so that gave me more like a push I would say yeah yeah and do you do you think that sometimes like um we we present ourselves much better than what we think we do yeah I I think in our mind we just create this uh terrible you know scenarios that something that will like literally screw up or something like that um I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect the first time I don't think it's meant to be perfect this is why we have these things but definitely um you feel much better when you feel much better once you do it because you're like okay I did much better than expected you know and a lot of the times we're just creating like scenarios in our mind which are useless honestly um but yeah definitely yeah and what would you say are like the if if someone listening were had to give a speech like in the next few days and you know sometimes we're forced to do presentations or even go for an interview and 
Um, it can be the first time someone, someone's having to present themselves and, you know, the question, tell me about yourself is usually the scariest thing. What, what type of tips would you have for that person to make sure that they present themselves as, as a good speaker as best as they can? Um, so I would say that probably you have to, so you have to know your content really well, like, especially with the question, like, tell me about yourself. You have to see in which contest, like, are you in a job interview? Are you like in a podcast interview? Like in what contest are you, you are, you have to think about that. You have to think about your audience. I think that's very, very important. Who are you speaking to and what, what is the whole purpose of this speech what are you trying to sell because every every speech has a message and you always want to have a message at the end of it and you always want to have a takeaway action for mm -hmm. the other person listening to you so that's very very important uh, the second thing I would say is to be yourself and to be your authentic self and I think people don't understand how important it is that you're you are your authentic self uh, you know it, it's like whatever you know flaws or not flaws you have people want to see the your true self they want to connect with you because you're being yourself you're spontaneous and you're natural so that's very very important I would say and I think that's something that I also have learned to experience because I feel when you're being your true self people are able to connect with you uh better mm. than you trying to be someone else because they see your your vulnerability they see your honesty and I think that's much more important especially when you go for job interviews and that's something that I have also experienced myself because I remember that when I would go to job interviews I feel like I had a script in my mind like I feel like okay these are the questions they're gonna ask me that's it I'm gonna prepare the, the answers but then I remember being rejected and I remember that I was like I have to like find another way to like make sure that I'm selling myself and this is when I was like I just want to be me and so it's yeah. important that you are your authentic self and then the other tips or the other thing I would suggest is to do some like self-reflection reflection and self-awareness uh, because you want to be aware of the strengths and you also want to be aware of the weaknesses that you have and where you need to work uh, so for instance like if you feel like okay you're going to an interview or you're doing a speech one tip that I would suggest is that okay make sure that you have the content prepared but also make sure to like practice ahead rehearse ahead but also record yourself uh, that's very important you should be recording a like how do you sound you have you want to see how mm -hmm. you sound but also you want to see how are you presenting yourself whether it's like on a zoom or whether it's like in person you want to see okay Am I using body language? Am I, you know, making eye contact? Am I using my hands properly? Am I moving around the the um, the, the the stage? Those are some of the things that you want to be aware of because a lot of the times we don't pay attention to this. But since I've been part of the Toastmaster and I watch speech speeches, I can see that some people are not doing things properly. So, for instance, like body language is so important so if you're giving a speech and your hands are like inside your pocket it it, it gives an, a different message than having your hands like out of your pocket so these, these things are very very important I would say um and of course like rehearsing as I said and I think preparation is very very important well I think all, all, everything that, that you said was so good um so tell me when you are on a stage and you're giving a speech or whether one is giving a presentation should you be be moving around or should you not so or does it depend i i would say it depends on the speech okay. um i do think it's always a good idea to move around a little bit but not like continuously moving you know just 
moving a little bit from one side to another, I think it's very important because you want to be able to use this the space that it's around mm. you. Uh, I think that's very important. That's also one of some feedback that I used to get back was that it's important to use the space around you because I think it just gives a different vibe rather than just staying still, still on the same on the same uh, position. I think it's very very important to use the the space around you. Yes, yeah. I I would I would definitely agree with that. So so it's uh, and you made such a good point because it's really look look at the space. If the space is like big enough for you to move around and like where your audience is seated as well, because if it's you know it's a wide space and you're just standing on one space or on one place, then the audience is not going to be able to connect with you, or they could connect with you better if you were moving around. Yeah, yeah I would say I would say yes. I think it's just it's just different. Like you're following the person, so I feel like you're. If the person is like moving in a way that, you know, the focus is still on him, on her, I think that's great because it means people are like paying attention to whatever you're saying. And and you know what? It's not easy to move around the stage. You have to be comfortable with that. Like it's, uh, you really have to be like, you have, it it has to be natural when you're moving, like don't force yourself because I think it shows. And I think it takes a lot of time and practice because I remember I would always being asked to move around, but I would never move around. Like I would just stand in one place all the time. Uh, but I think it, it it takes time and work and you have to like force yourself to like, okay, let me see if can I be relaxed enough that I'm like moving around the, the room. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and um, thank you. Thank you so, so much for that. I think that is so valuable. And can you tell us about a time that you had to do like a speech? Maybe it was your first one or, and, and in your mind, it just didn't go well. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to think if there was one, I mean, I would not say there was a one that did not go well, honestly. I think I can tell you, I can tell you every speech was fine. Like, I think this is the feedback that I would get that every speech was fine because I was prepared, but I would always get points of improvement. Okay. And um, I would say that my my main weakness is the fact that I'm not able to project my voice towards the end of the the room. Okay. That's one of the things that I, I feel like I've been working a lot through years and, and it's hard because naturally my voice is not loud. And to be able to like use your voice at like, you know, because we're not holding microphone during our, during Toastmaster, it's just using our own voice. And so I remember my feedback each time was the same one. Like they would like have this, uh, like one of the member would have uh, like a paper and say, raise your voice. And he would like put it up like that. And I would see that from far and it would just make me so nervous. And you're not supposed to be screaming when you're speaking you have to be able to use your di- uh, di- diaphragm I think diaphragm. That's called, uh, to to project your voice and I watched like YouTube videos and stuff like that and that was one thing that I feel like was never good enough for me that's something that I've been working on through years and then what happened is we went through we went through the pandemic so I feel like I never worked on that better because we're just speaking virtually and yes. so now I'm like looking forward to going back to in-person me- meetings and see if, if like I'm finally working with this because it's one thing to be in a small room where everyone can hear it, but it's another thing to be like in a much bigger room where you don't have a microphone, but you still want to be able to like send your message across and make sure that your voice is being heard. So it's, it's, it's something that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And, and connecting with your audience, how, how does one do that? So you mentioned, you know, know the topic and know the audience 
and hopefully the audience is there for your topic. Yes. So um, what are some of your tips to ensure that you connect with the audience or even when you are in your speech and you see maybe the, the audience is drifting a bit? So connecting to your audience, so definitely you want to make sure that your speeches are interactive and engaging. And one way for you to build that connection is by asking questions, whether it's like yes or no type of questions where you can have, you know, like, do, you, do we all like to eat, I don't know, ice cream? And then if, this, if they're not, you see they're connecting, like, you know, they're interacting with you. Or you can have an open-ended question where it's like, okay, you ask a question and you just wait for someone to, like, give an answer. So th those are some of the ways where that you can use to catch the attention of your audience. And I think... And, this, and it's important to have that throughout the, the whole meeting. Like, you know, you can have it uh, not throughout the whole meeting, throughout the whole speech. Like you can have it at the beginning to like start off your meeting in, in the strong way, but also towards the, the end. Um, that's one way to like connect with your audience. The second is through storytelling. I think there is no mm -hmm. better way than saying a story to your audience because when you're telling a story, I think people are immediately connecting with you. I think people are always interested in stories, right? So for instance, like, let's say you want your speech is about my, like about your first day in like at, at school. Um, I think you're already connecting with the audience because everyone in the audience must be thinking, okay, what was my first day at school? You know, it was, I was nervous. I didn't know anyone, you know, so the stories are like, like an easy way to connect with the audience, but it's also easy for the speaker too, because you don't you don't have to do any research you just have to go back to in your memory to find out okay did I have do I have a story that I can tell and I think when you have a story the speaker comes across much more natural and spontaneous and sincere mm. and then the third way I would say is to have jokes in in your speech uh, and you know that you are connecting with your audience or you know that the audience understood like are understanding is understanding the 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 speech if you have if you have a joke and they're laughing and you know that that's when they're like engaged with the with you so these are some of the ways I would say you you can connect with your audience and you're in like one's energy level I'm sure that's also important yes the energy level is very very important so basically like if you're someone who's very enthusiastic, you that message will go across. So you always want to make sure that you're smiling. Of course, it depends on the speech, yeah. that you're smiling, that you have eye contact. Eye contact is very, very important. Like you want to be looking at your audience. Like if you have your notes and you're just looking at your notes, people will just stand up and go away. Yeah. Uh, you want to make sure that you're connecting with your audience. So you want to make sure that you are, as I said, using the space, using your arm, uh, body language is very, very important. Your facial expression is very, very important because if you are someone who's, if you, if you are someone who's like giving a speech that is like about, I don't know, happiness that you want to evoke that happiness in your face. Uh, if you're <laughs> someone who's talking about sadness, you, I mean, people will connect with you, you know, if, if they see, you know, a sad expression or if let's say you're, you're becoming emotional, something, something like that. So those are also very, very important. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. Last last year, um, I had to give my my first public talk. And this was uh -huh. on my vision board. I wanted to go and speak to women, you know, about like a, a woman-led topic. And it was uh, women in tech. And it was about, uh -huh. you know, um, how to, how do we grow women in tech in businesses? Because it's it's such a small group of people like in in technology uh less lesser females are going to study tech and then 
ending up less females in the tech environment and preparing for this speech. So I practice and practice and practice. And, but the, the nervousness that I felt mm-hmm. was, it was like this huge mountain and I worked myself up so much that the day when I needed to go and do the speech, when I got there, I was like, oh, this stage is much smaller than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when, when I was giving the speech, um, my first few sentences, I remember it sounded so rehearsed. And mm. thereafter, um, you know, and I think it's like you say, like if the speech is a bit longer, it gives you more time to relax into it and connect with someone and see, you know, when someone's nodding at what you're saying, then you're like, they're interested in what you're saying. And um, when I was done, uh, the marketing company had had said, they were like, oh, we could see at the beginning it was rehearsed. Your, what you were saying was rehearsed, but then thereafter, you you know, it, it became natural. And I didn't even know that people could could see that, that, you know, yes. that I was rehearsed and then there afterwards I was having fun as well. Yes. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes about public speaking is when we practice so much to the point that it's like rehearsed, to the point that it feels like you memorize your script, that's not good. That's the worst thing that you can ever do to yourself. That's the worst thing. I think... Um, I think it's good to have cue cards in that in that case if you feel like okay I do have some points that I want to I want to talk about but to have your speech memorized is the worst thing ever because first of all you're not connecting with your audience your facial expression is probably the same throughout this the the speech because you're trying to remember okay what's my next line that I memorized you know um and also like if you forget something and you are suddenly you will suddenly go blank and you're like pausing for like 30 seconds and people are like what the hell is going on that's probably the worst thing that you can do to yourself I and this is why I think stories are much easier because you're just thinking from your own memory. You're you're basically coming up with the story as you are thinking of like what happened back in the days, rather than going technical with the with 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 the topic. Because I also remember my my personal experience is it was a bit like you because especially in university I used to memorize the whole speech like literally I would memorize it all the time, and I could see from everyone's expression that they were very not interested in whatever I was saying. And so when you see people that are not interested, it makes you even more nervous because you're like, <laughs> oh crap. And so I I would I definitely would say like have cue cards maybe to to support you with that, but never, never, never memorize your 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 speech or you'll sound like a machine. <laughs> Thank you. So so the next time one does a presentation, it's rather just be comfortable with your content than memorizing yeah. every single yeah. line. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also like how do you how do you incorporate the feedback that that you receive without so if I was going for like my first few, you know, moments at Toastmasters, my first few meetings and taking that because sometimes receiving feedback can be very difficult. And especially yeah. if if maybe um like you you think that you know you speak well and someone's saying oh, but you, you know, you need to project your voice more or you need to look, uh, make up more eye contact. How do you make sure like that you incorporate that, that feedback to make sure that your next presentations and, and speeches are done better? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I would definitely say like the Toastmaster, like all the meetings are basically based on this whole concept of feedback because we want to learn from the feedback that we get from other people and everyone, like especially at Toastmaster, how it works is that whenever you go to a meeting, there's a piece of paper where basically you write down all the feedback that you want to give to the person who has spoken. And then we give this paper to the person who has spoken and so they can apply this uh, feedback for next time. And yes, feedback can be harsh, but this is the beauty of Toastmaster is that we always want to make sure that this we we call them feedback, but they are also like points of improvement. We just tell them, okay, what can you do better next time? You know, mm. we don't we try to like turn something that's negative, although we, I don't think it's negative, into mm -hmm. something that it's a more like a constructive feedback. It's like something that you should be working on. It's like you know how to do this, but do it a little bit better for next time. So we always challenge them. It's more like a challenge. That's how we see it. Mm. And so the, the the thing that we do is usually we have, we highlight the, the strengths, what went really well, and then we give them, okay, this is what I think you could have done better next time. And usually what you do is that you take this feedback, all the feedback, and then at the next speech, you try to apply them when you give your next, uh, you, when you deliver in your next speech. So for instance, if you're someone who, uh, I don't know, you who doesn't who doesn't have eye contact, but with their audience, that you're just come, always looking at your paper, you just tell them. And then, you know, you always highlight the good things and then you tell them, okay, I think for points of improvements, you can do this better. And then you see if they're doing this better. And you keep telling the same feedback until they, <laughs> they master whatever they have to fix. But usually like you just apply the feedback at, at, at the next speech and the feedback are so important because we're not perfect. No one is perfect. There's always room for improvement. So that's why we implement feedback. And I think that's very, very important and just apply it next time at the next speech. I, I really like what you said that there's always room for improvement. I'm sure even the best speaker, there's still mm -hmm. something that they, you know, can improve on as well. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. No, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so for people that want to go into public speaking, whether it is to deliver a message or, um, you know, doing presentations, like I said, or going for, for interviews, what resources can they use? So I know Toastmasters is obviously one of them. Do you have any yeah. other platforms or resources that they can go and look at? Yeah, so Toastmasters is definitely uh, one of them, which is the one that I really much enjoy. Uh, and there are two more other resources that I actually use, but I use more their podcasts to get ideas. So one of them is called Fear Fearless Presentation. Uh, I think it's... um it's um it's like a school not a school but it's like a coaching program where basically there is this coach that teach teaches you who how to do public speaking and they teach you how to do public speaking virtually non-virtually and they have this like meeting person one-to-one -one person group meetings and they have a podcast so usually what I do is I tend to listen to their podcast because they um, the host is usually giving a bunch of tips on like how do you overcome public speaking fear and also gives you like how can you have a compelling story or how can you have a great opening so he's always giving tips and basically what what happens is I use his tips and I apply them at the Toastmasters meeting but they also have they also have coaching sessions for anyone who's interested so it's called fearless presentation I do think that coaching is a great way for you to achieve public speaking uh, public speaking goals um, there is another one as well that I like which I think is more focused uh, towards women and it's called speaking your brand and basically, again, it's like a coaching coaching program where you have, which is mainly dedicated for women who wants to work 
who want to work on their public speaking skills, but they also want to become entrepreneurs. So they need a signature talk. Uh, so they need a signature talk, or let's say they want to give a TED talk and stuff like that. So you are part of like a group of women who are there, who are like uh, driven and passionate about their their goals, and they want to achieve those goals. So they are part of this like community of other women as well, and they get to do public speaking. They do like public speaking, I think, in some places around uh, like the states. But you you can also like join this program. They do like. Uh, they do like um they do some trips where all the women get together and retreats and stuff like stuff like that and they also have a podcast as well so in the podcast what happens is the host invites this woman that have been in the program and they are uh, and she asks them like their experience with public speaking so that's another way uh that's another resource for anyone who wants to work on public speaking and then of course um i would say that for someone who's already like experienced in math but wants to improve a little bit I would say that there are a bunch of like resources online, like YouTube. Toastmaster also like has so much information and resources on the website. You don't need to be a member to see the resources. It's amazing because they have like tips, they have podcasts, they have YouTube channel, all related to like how to give a speech. Uh, so that would be for someone who's like, okay, I'm already experienced, but I just want to see how can I make it better. So things mm. like that. Okay, that sounds like really good resources that I'd look into as well. All right, so tell us about your TED Talk journey. How close uh, are you? And do you know what the topic is going to be yet? Or should I'm, we I'm wait not... until then? <laughs> I'm far from being close, honestly, far. Like, it's something that I keep telling to myself. I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. But you know what? I am I'm very far. I do not know what the topic is. I just keep looking at TED Talk and just tell myself, this is going to be one day. So I'm doing like, a lot of visualization practices or techniques where I'm like, this is going to be one, me one day on the stage speaking to people. But now I'm more working on like, I just have to be much more comfortable. So for instance, I'm using a lot of resources from my company to give like presentation or workshop within my company and see if I can do that in real life. Okay, so that's also good advice for someone that wants to become more comfortable with it. Put yeah. yourself in that yeah opportunity where you have to do a presentation and deliver a speech as well because practice makes perfect yeah. thank you so much your advice yeah. is incredible like I feel like this was not enough time because I just feel like you have so much more value to give thank mm -hmm. you very much for coming onto the podcast where can everyone find you so that we can follow your journey uh yes so basically um I'm available on LinkedIn and it's called Urmi Hossain uh, I also have an Instagram account that's called Urmi Mio. I have a YouTube channel called Urmi Hussain, and I have my blog called uh, uh, myways.ca. Amazing. I will link it all down below in the show notes. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.